This is The Straight Dope, episode 21, Local Matches as a Training Tool. The outlaw matches in Colorado and Wyoming are expanding, and the WICO League was formed last year. I, I didn't have a chance to go, but I realized I was missing out on an amazing resource and laboratory to test all the things that I like to test while meeting and shooting with locals and having a good time. So this year, it's been a focus of mine to try to get up to these. And I just went to the first Cheyenne Waiko competition this weekend. It was completely blown away. These matches keep getting better and bigger. This one was sold out, and there were 80 people signed up and 55 showed up from expert to beginner. They have loaner rifles, and they're professionally run such that 55 people started in the morning and I was gone by 1 p.m. so that I could get back to do family stuff because my weekends are packed full of family and kid stuff. Uh, my time is really important and that's why I don't travel to too many matches. And the idea that I could go do this and be back to my everyday life halfway through Saturday was amazing. And I almost didn't believe it, but I went up there and checked it out and I was literally gone by one. And so... Um, these guys are doing something right. Every match gets more attendance. They get bigger. They have loaner rifle programs, and it's cheap. You know, I sometimes I add up the cost of matches and traveling, and I added up this. It was a couple hours drive, some bullets, and a match fee. I spent $160 and had the best time ever. I think that that outweighs the cost of traveling to a two-day match where you know, you're going to pay sometimes 10 times that much and not have the same experience that you would here. People were laughing and encouraging and, and really just growing as a community. It was really inspiring to see. And I got to hand it to Sam. If anybody is within hours of Cheyenne on the fourth weekend of the month, you've got to check out this match. It was unreal. It was challenging, but fun. And it was professionally run such that 55 shooters smoked through this course of fire, had a great time, and he sent everybody on the road. Another thing that's amazing about it is this whole league, there's no, there's no prize table. People are coming for the joy of shooting, the camaraderie and the support of growing the community. So when people argue about going to matches for uh, the prize table, these guys are completely turning that upside down because the matches are selling out. And the only thing that's happening there is fun and learning. So I got to hand it to these guys and I'm really looking forward to doing more of them. Before I get into some of my thoughts and reflections on this and then an ask of the community of listeners here to kind of help put together something. Uh, I want to remind you that if you like the podcast, go to riflecraft.com and register. And if you want to subscribe, that helps support the podcast. It helps support the website. And we're going to have specific subscriber-only detailed podcasts that extend off of these topics with training tools, thoughts, challenges, and other activities for the supporters because you know if you're going to give more you're going to get more back so you'll have additional analytics and you're going to have additional videos and podcasts to help your training get to where you want it to go 
in a data-driven and goal-focused way. So if you want to support it, go subscribe there. If you can't afford to support it that way, just like it, subscribe, and share it to your friends. But it does go a long way to be a, a subscriber on the website. Anyway, let's get back to this. At the match, I realized that because I was there to test things, I'm going to test rifles, I'm going to test equipment, I'm going to test techniques, it dawned on me that with all of the people there having fun and training for whatever they're going to do, I was squatted with some beginners and I was squatted with some hunters, none of which were all that interested in necessarily in the style of competition, but it was the idea that we were there shooting and having fun and training marksmanship. I had this idea that if we could develop a rubric or some sort of a spreadsheet of skills like target acquisition based on uh, some stages had sequences of fire that were different and unusual so that you had to keep that sequence in your mind. You had to pan a broad uh, field of fire. There was um, sight picture considerations that you had to have for building a position of a certain height to be able to see targets over over the vegetation and so on and so forth. Uh, maintain natural point of aim and have mental management. But to me, I consider that largely target acquisition. Um, the targets were largely competitive in size. Uh, almost all of them were five tenths wide, so half a mil wide, uh, or about one and a half MOA. A couple of them, literally a couple of them were a little bit wider, but there was also a few that were smaller, like these tiny little gophers. So they were competitive in terms of size. There was a huge variety in positions of props. So uh, one thing that Riflecraft focuses on is multiple heights so that you can check your fundamentals across different body positions and there was over a dozen different height shooting positions at this match. And so it really did challenge people's physical ability to build and maintain their natural point of aim and achieve these targets. And I was thinking one thing that's missing in a lot of matches in terms of their takeaway training value, not for the top shooters because they know what their strengths and weaknesses are, but the majority of shooters aren't top level shooters. In fact, even on the national level, there's a few dozen competitive people that really put in the time and effort, but the rest of them are people that are having fun, but people always ask questions on how do they train towards their goals. Well, if we could make a rubric or almost like a bingo game of specific skills that could be tested, then we could rate stages in terms of their difficulty and the training value as they could take away from it. So that after the stage, if 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 shooters came to a match and they had a sheet or or they could print out a sheet ahead of time and then each stage was rated in terms of a specific skill set or set of skills, they could have a takeaway scorecard or a takeaway grade sheet that then they could go and say, okay, I'm pretty good at building positions. Um, mediocre at reading wind, but I'm not very good at changing position or remembering a sequence of fire so that they could train that at home. And if, and if, if all the shooters that came to a match left with the sheet that they filled out based on the match director's uh, rating of those skill sets on the stage, 
then it would almost be like a course in itself and it would provide all the shooters with a list of things that they'd be able to go home and continue to train between matches or on their own as like a way to self-assess or squad assess their particular skill sets against this particular course of fire. I think that Clearly, people are interested in these kinds of matches, and clearly they're having fun, but a lot of people are confused in terms of ways to improve. And if we got together and created these uh, this kind of rubric that was a breakdown of those skills, people would have a takeaway and also be encouraged to come back to, to again assess those particular skill sets. And if you're saying, well, I could do that already, you might have enough experience to be able to do that, but I guarantee you that I get a lot of messages every week asking how they can improve their skill sets towards a goal, and they're not quite sure how to do that. And so if we worked as a community and we put our heads together to build this kind of spreadsheet or stage breakdown that could then be applied nationwide to all the one-day matches, I think shooters would improve quickly and also be motivated to come back and work on things at home after that they were identified. To me, that seems pretty motivating. It fits in line with the idea of rifle craft where we're taking data and we're trying to fix it. And then this is data from matches that could then be further worked on and assessed. And so I'm not sure exactly how to do that, but I think that, you know, as a population of listeners, you know, now we're, we've, we've, we've breached 5,000 unique listeners. Uh, I'm sure that there's some of you that have experience making rubrics or ways or, or or spreadsheets of lists, maybe we can put together some sort of a prototype and have one-day match directors go out there and test it and see if there was a takeaway list of skills that we could apply and try to build something like that for people to use. I think that would be pretty cool and um, a way to help grow the community of shooters wherever you are regionally and create a common language in a way for us to grow our local communities in this one-day setting because the training value there exceeds any other outlet that I've ever seen. I know that's a little bit of a diversion from focusing on the fundamentals and the shot process, and I plan on getting to the shot process and breaking down those fundamentals a little bit more as we see based on the data at Riflecraft. I've got some of those coming up, but I really wanted to get out there and say that if you're anywhere near Colorado and Wyoming, these matches are worth coming to. And if you're not, it's worth looking into trying to develop this type of network locally so that we can really start again, ground up, and have it governed by people in their own regions. I think that that's a really exciting opportunity to grow and expand it's happening here organically, and these matches, because they're selling out, prove and justify that this is a way to rebuild in the direction that the people actually want, which is pretty cool. It would be fun to see some Hunter-style ones, but the Hunter 1 is coming out, and that is the NRL's attempt to try to have some blind stage, single-day matches that focus on that type of of stage design so i'm excited to see that um come to fruition and 
see what comes of it. But if you're able to and you're listening and you think that sounds like a fun thing to be involved with, why don't you reach out and let me know some ideas or ways that we might be able to produce this sheet so that we could distribute it and see how people like it. And if it helps people identify and self-identify their strengths and weaknesses and rate stages as stages that test those specific skill sets or layered skill sets, if that makes sense. But I, I, I got super excited about that idea and wanted to put a podcast out there to the listeners because a lot of you are very creative and technically savvy such that we could probably do that pretty quick if we put our heads together. So that's my request to the listeners. And now that there's tons of you, um, I'm sure we can get something developed. The other developments are that we're layering in new modules on the subscription side so that there's going to be the subscription uh, podcast with a little bit more specific training ideas. There's also going to be the the blog link, which is missing, and then uh, the pistol and carbine qualification. So the so the pistol is a good thing to do around 25 yards, and then the carbine. I said 50 yards for offhand and 100 yards if you use support like a bolt gun, but if your group is bigger then the 8-inch diamond, bring that carbine into 25 yards. But remember, this is without time stress, so I think that 50 yards is appropriate for the carbine. And there'll be ways to enter that on the website pretty soon. And if you get there ahead of time, just make a profile for the carbine and log it that way. And then we'll be able to roll that over into the carbine and pistol uh, data tracking, which I think is important because a lot of people shoot pistol, carbine, and bolt gun, I think it's a cool way to get the data onto there. But in the meantime, go ahead and do that. And then for 22s, 50 yards is kind of the standard. But if your group is less than an inch at 50 yards, some people have had groups that have been you know, pretty close to one, one and a half at 50, then just push it back and, and uh, put that in the note section there's no, we're not comparing numbers across users. So the idea here is that you need to shoot at a distance that opens your group up so that you can diagnose the fundamental flaws that you have at the level that you're at. And if you're at a level where your group is one whole, you need to push the distance back so it starts to expose those layers underneath it. And so if you take it from 50 yards to 100, you should be able to expose those fundamental flaws. But, you know, it's nice to bring the group smaller and smaller, but at some point when it's too small, you don't, you don't see the positional shifts that you might if you just extend it back, and then you can fine-tune it even, even smaller than that. So um, get ready for that. Get your numbers logged, and hopefully in a day or two, I'm going to launch a series of specific fundamental and shot process episodes. And last but not least, I've been hanging out a lot with Frank Galley of the Sniper's Hide and the Everyday Sniper. Um, I really like him and look up to him in lots of ways. Uh, and he's got great ideas and motivation to share stuff. And if you haven't seen it over at the Sniper's Hide, we did some videos and we're planning on doing some more. And the first one was about the tripods. And I think that uh, 
it was kind of there's been a lot of discussion about tripods and and shooting from tripods and I do that for the craft and um go check that out so we don't just repeat the same stuff everywhere uh go go check out his uh video that was just released on tripods and we're going to be doing a weekly or twice a week video over there uh talking about you know whatever the questions are that come to him and I think that this applies to the rifle craft challenge in that where you balance your rifle has a lot to do with with what it's on but also the conditions that you're shooting in. So considering, you know, if you clip it in, do you clip it on the balance point or do you pull your rifle back so that your support arm is straight and the 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 ball head or whatever is clipped in uh, forward of that balance point, or if it's on a bag, how are you handling your rifle? Uh, I think that, that those things are fun to experiment with and see what type of point of impact shift you might get in one position or another. And rather than tell you to do one or the other, I think it's really important for you to prove it to yourself by going to shoot paper and seeing if there is or if there isn't a shift and which one produces a bigger or tighter group so that you know the capabilities in the scenarios that one is preferable to the other. So rather than tell you what to do, I want you to go shoot paper, and then if you still have questions, then reach out, but reach out with your target so that you can say, I shot this one with it forward, this one with it back, and this is what I'm seeing. Is that consistent with what you're seeing with other shooters? That's way better than just saying this is the way you need to do it because we're not training for a test specifically. We're training to understand what we do to the rifle and how that influences the group that's produced or the shot and whether it goes towards our point of aim or whether we get a shift in the point of aim and point of impact. That's the whole idea behind rifle craft is that you have to understand your inputs and outputs on your system and then ask whether that's applicable to what you actually use your system for. And I want you guys out there asking those questions and then providing feedback in terms of what you see. And then I could tell you whether that's consistent with what we see with other users, but I definitely don't want to be the kind of person that tells you that this is the way you have to do it um, because that's just baloney. So anyway, get out there, shoot some paper, give me some feedback, and let's keep the conversation rolling. Thanks.